This is episode 213 of the Fearless Launching Show, and today we're talking about the ins and outs of creating an online course. Yep, we're talking tools, systems, methods, strategies to launch, how much time it really takes, what it really takes to make it happen, and so much more. And I've got one of my favorite people on board with me today. I'm thrilled to introduce you to Michelle Martello. Uh, Many of you might know Michelle. She is a spitfire, and they don't call her Smartello for nothing. I'll see you on the inside. Hi, I'm Ann Samoylov, and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches. By working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games, I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done-for-you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it. Let's get into today's episode. So welcome. Today, we are diving into a topic that I love, which is product development and product creation. Uh, Many of you know me because of launching, product launches, all things planning and launches, but truth be told, I'm kind of obsessed and I love product development. Um, This is something that I I feel like I've been now involved in many, many projects over the years, whether it was development on a movie or a TV show to online when we were developing programs and products and services um, and getting to be involved in those early development days is so fun. So today's guest and I have been working together for the past few years behind the scenes in the trenches on one amazing program I just bet you're going to be hearing about in the next couple of weeks. And we really just can't get enough of it. It's literally in our blood. It's our favorite time of year to be working together. And But today, we're not going to talk about that. We are going to talk all about you know, just the the topic of course creation, the topic of tech, what's necessary, what's not, and the topic of launching and how that plays into it. And how do you update your products? Um, this is this is great for the beginner or someone who is thinking maybe they want to rethink their program, restructure it, re, relaunch it, whatever the case is for you. So I just can't wait. This is a long combo. So Get your running shoes on or your walking shoes, get on the treadmill or, you know, go take a long drive because you're going to need a little bit of time to process this. And if you need to come back and listen again and take some notes, do that. I definitely did. Um, anyway, so welcome today and let's get to talking to Michelle Martello. Well, okay, so... Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me. I've been wanting you to come on the Fearless Launching Show for a long time. And finally, well, I got off my booty and I had just invited you. Oh, I'm so, so excited. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we work together a lot on some client project 
some client <laughs> projects, project really, but mo- projects within the project. And so, you know, I just, I feel like we have a lot of the same kind of, we have different views on this whole online course space and online education and online products world. So we come at it from like similar ways, like I guess, but we, we have different backgrounds. So I always find our conversations really interesting and I'm like, well, we should have, we should have recorded that. Um, so, but, um, I figured that today, you know, because there's a lot of people now, I mean, there's a lot, first of all, we know there's a lot of courses on creating courses, but I actually think that's a good thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't know what you feel about that. Just to, just to kind of, I'm curious, you know, where I struggle a little bit is that often, you know, I've been doing this honestly since the early two thousands. So my previous life, I was actually a software developer and I helped create training CD-ROMs. So this was back in the day when we didn't have, we had the web, but most people didn't have, we had dial-up modems and, you know, we didn't have the way to access information that we, that we do today. And so I helped create CD-ROMs back in the early 2000s that actually were training documents. So I've been doing this for a long, long time. And often what I'll see is that someone will create maybe one course and then think, oh, I'm totally qualified to teach people to make courses now. And that's that's where they end up making their money or that's where they like put everything into and it's, they haven't really refined their process or they haven't really thought through everything, you know, beyond maybe like one launch. And yeah. so I, it really does take a while to get comfortable with this stuff. And the other thing I would say is a lot of times there are folks who aren't maybe necessarily, they haven't been doing it a long time. So yeah. they, maybe they're not, that's not their skill set, or, you know, I, I tend to work with folks that they've been in the top of their field for 10, 15, 20 years, and we're just translating their content from maybe in person uh, to online. Yeah. So they, these people really know their content, really know their stuff. And so, you know off, what? You yeah. know what, Michelle? I didn't even say, like, would you tell everyone <laughs> what it is that you kind of like, what do you do? Well, I kind of do a little bit of everything, which is I know. Of- that's why I'm like, <laughs> You do a lot of things. (laughs) um, I started out as a web designer. So I've had my business uh, 13 years next month. So I started out as a web designer and I really specialized in the health and wellness world. So I really, uh, I got kind of known as a yoga studio website designer. That's kind of what I got known as. And I did that for a lot of years. And then I started branching out. You know, I took B-School in 2011, which seems like forever ago. Seriously. So long ago, and and I was, at the time, there weren't really many programs out there, and I was getting kind of burned out. I was like, there's got to be more that I can do for my clients beyond just like making a website. And and to be fair, 10 years ago, it was much harder to make a website than it is now. So, um, you know, I've been making websites since the late 90s. I'm kind of showing my age, but it's, it's, you know, I've seen so much progress. (laughs) I'm excited for where we're at now, though, because it's, there's there's, um, fewer barriers to entry. So my thing is, I... I want universal access to information. You know, that's, you know, when I got started, one of my very first jobs, you'll love this, was I was designing museum web exhibits for the National Park Service. So, you know, for so many people who can't access our parks or who can't get to see the the museum collections, you know, quick little fact, the National Park Service is only second to the Smithsonian in number of objects in their permanent collection. Oh my goodness. It's so cool. I think it's the coolest thing, but like how many of us, we're never going to get to see all 300 and some national parks, but what we were doing was actually digitizing. At the time, these images weren't digitized. We had old scans. Like I had to go to the 
Library of Congress, Prints and Photographs Division, and manually scan images. Like this sounds like I'm climbing up a mountain both ways, but like manually scan images. And then we created these online museum exhibits, which nobody was really doing at the time. That's and so cool. I didn't know the, that. It was so cool. And, and actually one of my, <laughs> one of my sites from like the year 2000 is still up and running. And it's, it's so funny to look at it now because it was done to the standards of that time. So it's like a really small website and you know, it was, it was optimized for Netscape Navigator and like oh my goodness. people listening may not even know what that was. It was a browser. Way You're like, could you please hire me to just update this, please? I know. Yeah. I'll do it for free. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Hey, honestly, it still works. So I'm kind of proud of, you know, like, yeah. that's, like, you know, that's maybe just like a side note. You don't necessarily have to update something to have the flashiest, newest and greatest. Like if you create something simple and it works, it'll work for a long time. Yeah. You know, add the bells and whistles and all the rest of it that you start to have issues. And so yeah. I'm always erring on the side of simplicity. How can we remove anything extra? How can you remove moving parts so that the thing just works? Yeah. yeah. Well, this is great. This is great to like, this is a great time to then dive into that because I feel like we've, I mean, you've obviously had your hands on lots of launches and course creation and like turn, you know, bring, yeah. translating lots of like offline things into like an online experience. Um, so by the way, if you guys, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're on a computer too, you can go to Michelle's website and I, you know, I got to tell you, like, you're one of the few people, I mean, now I feel like it's better, but I swear I used to go to people's sites that were in design or called themselves developers and their site would look so crazy. Like, like yeah. they never touched it. And yeah. I really just love your site, minimadesigns.com or design. Yeah, no, no minima designs with an S.com. Okay. Yeah. And that's, you know, the other thing I do is I, I do mentor designers. Uh, yeah. just, I've been doing it for so long and, and uh, it's so true. So many designers, like, I, I mean, I'm happy to refer because there's, there's only so much work you can take on and I'm, I'm happy to refer to folks. And half the time I'm like, I can't refer to designers because they don't keep their stuff up to date. Yeah, <laughs> so, and yeah that's so crazy to me. I mean, that's like the, that's like easy mode. It's like, if you don't have any clients, make your site look good. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those, I think it's one of those mental blocks. I think a lot of us have that though, about updating and maintaining our own sites. Um, and I've made it, I've made it a personal thing though for myself. One thing I'm I, it, it, guilty. I'm like pot kettle because uh, even this year I started, I'm like, let me just do one small action a day. And for, and that could be, um, whether it's reaching out to connect with somebody, you know, getting interviewed, maybe it's updating something on my website, adding Pinterest graphics, like take 10 minutes a day. Like you don't have to devote like five hours or whatever, but take one action a day to propel your business and site forward. And when you pay attention to things, things start to happen for you. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting because um, my friend Gina Gomez, who's another one of the um, B-School coaches, she's like, you need to write down what you want to manifest this year. And I'm like, I'm this side of woo woo. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. But she's like, no, write down the top 10 things you want to accomplish, who you want to work with. And you know what you, you know, all the, I'm like, all right. And I did it the first day of January and already like two of the things I've knocked off because I'm paying. I think that's amazing. You know yeah. what? Like, I know we were not going to talk about goal goals and like that whole, I think it's, I think what has to happen just as a side note about goals is that, once they're down, like then you're going to be like, okay, here's where I am. Here are my goals. 
And then you immediately can kind of look at what actions you have to take. So even removing all the woo from it, you yeah. actually start with, well, okay, well, where am I right now? Okay, what do I need to do to get these things accomplished or in my kind of, I don't well, know. And I've never this. had, uh, not that we need to go on at all about this, but like I've never had a business plan. I've never had a five-year plan. I'm like, eh, because honestly, like what I'm doing now is so radically different than what I was doing five years ago. I think for, especially for solopreneurs or small businesses, it's so hard to project sometimes. Oh, it sure is. And Gina, of course, Gina, you guys yeah. don't know, you might not know Gina Gomez, but I'm going to get her on the show too. Awesome. She Love is her. definitely all about, you know, like, but she's really no nonsense too. Oh yeah. That's why I love her. Yeah. yeah. So she's not, I was like, wait, I don't, I remember her talking about business, um, like uh, projections and kind of coming up with that cash flow, like all of this. Like she oh, was, she's got some mood of her too, though. She's she uh, she's I one of those that. that I love because she navigates both sides. And I think yeah. if you, you know, acknowledge like, hey, I you know, there's this other part of mystical whatever that's out there, and then I've got this no nonsense approach. But like, you can merge it to and and um, just as on a personal note, like I had the roughest year of my life last year, and she, no joke, got me through it. Like late night phone oh. call. Just like, yes, yeah, just a really, really good person. So, um, oh, anyway, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so then for sure, I gotta, yeah. uh, well, at least we know we're gonna be talking to Gina yeah. soon. We'll be, we'll be in, in that yeah. Slack channel. Um, anyways, so let's talk about courses because mm -hmm. I feel like we already, you kind of already touched on like little bits of things, but let's talk about creating your course for the first time. I think we both have yeah. lots to say on this, but yeah. I'm gonna like, I mean, I guess first, like, what are some things, because we all hear about like the mistakes people make and all of this kind of stuff, but what are things that maybe you don't even consider are necessary to think about as you're creating a course? So I think one of the biggest things, because people come to me a lot, and uh, I work with one of my clients really, really closely, in, in, um, and we have a really good relationship where uh, I do the design and she writes the content and we go back and forth and sometimes I contribute content as well. And I think one thing people don't really think about is, well, what happens after the course launches? Like what kind of support is there? When you say lifetime access, what does that really mean? And so a lot of times people will throw something up and like, well, I'm gonna throw it up on Teachable or whatever. And, but then they don't think a year from now, someone's gonna to wanna to have access to it. And it's, it, it's so interesting. I did, a, I did a, a quickie webinar last month with a good friend of mine um, called SEO for Real People. And it's funny because we did it uh, you know, towards the, literally about five weeks ago. And I'm getting emails now like, oh, I loved it. I just watched it. I'm like, you bought it five weeks ago. And it's, it's really common. So you have to kind of you know, imagine that not everybody's gonna go through content at the same rate or same pace. They're gonna get to it when they get to it. And so you wanna make sure that you have your systems in place so that if people have questions or, you know, you wanna make sure that they're supported. And well, I mean, the other thing too is if someone's on Teachable or Kajabi or Thinkific, sometimes, or WordPress or whatever it is, yeah. we move. We move. Yeah. And um, like right now, I can see that potentially in the next year, I'm going to come across some issues with people who maybe signed up, you mm -hmm. know, unsubscribed a long time ago over on Infusionsoft. Yes. But now, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What, what is it? Keep. 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 I'm keep. sorry. Leave or keep. I don't even know. Yeah. Oh Obviously, my gosh. No. We were literally joking about this this morning in the face in our lab. This is Kinky James's. <laughs> I mean, reap, keep. Which one is it? It's problematic. When you change names, this is another sidebar note. When you change names, 
it's so confusing to your marketplace. You know, I, I, I think now if I had start, if I would start all over again, I'd probably do everything under my own name. Um, you know, I, I was, you know, shy and I wanted to hide behind a name or whatever. Like I never thought I'd be doing, you know, teaching and training and all the rest of it when I started my business. You know? Right. So, um, and this has been interesting too, watching my husband build his own company the, uh, the last couple of months. Um, you know, coming up with that name is so interesting. And then, I mean, it is important, right? It so is- important. It's so important. And if you guys change your name, this is another super critical thing because I've, I've, I've had this happen with um, a client who actually changed their name twice in the last four years and they get a ton of traffic. So the first name change was a legal reason. And then the second one was they merged with somebody else. So I wouldn't advise it if possible, <laughs> but oh you have to consider SEO considerations, right? Yeah. So if you're providing traffic or you've got old links and things like that, and you don't plan for your change, for your switch, no matter what, you're going to get a little bit of drop in your traffic. Uh, it's just going to happen. And it'll bounce back up probably within one to two months. But you do kind of have to plan for that. And you have to make sure that you, you put in uh, you know, all the, the protocols to make sure that things are redirected properly and you notify people. Um, changing platforms. I, had a, um, I did a, a course with a client. It's, it's an evergreen, so it's still out there. And I had it on WordPress, and I was using Memberful at the time. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we launched it, geez, end of 2015. And it did very well. Uh, and then I was like, I wanted to, I needed some more features. So I ended up moving it to Gumroad of all things. Uh, and, but I had already had like a thousand people go through this course. And so what I needed to do is I had to notify everybody. I had to update, like there was a whole protocol and process that had to happen. Mm-hmm. And four years later, I'm still getting people like, hey, I thought I had access because they didn't, what, for whatever reason. Here didn't get the email, didn't whatever. Email is so not reliable, but it's what we have to notify. I mean, that's all I have. Exactly. You know, what's, what's funny. Um, and you guys are going to hear a lot of like personal side notes because that's just how we roll. That's just how we roll here. (laughs) But so I even have an, a potential issue because of the way I set up Kajabi. Because oh, I didn't no. set it up. I wasn't no. sure, am I going to change my blog over there or not? I am not. I'm keeping my blog on WordPress. I would I've do Content since 2009. There is no import tool in Kajabi. No. Sorry, guys. Not going to move there completely because no. of that. But the, the main thing is, I didn't create like a special or even pretty domain. So mm-hmm. it's their janky, like whatever, goobly gook. And I have to use like a, like, I have to like, kind of like create like this redirect so that people send them to their login page, you know, like I have to send them to ansomolive.com forward slash login, but it actually isn't that URL. So if I change it, it's going to mess up all their links from all their emails. It doesn't redirect. And the other thing too is, um, so in that, in that, because I'm dealing with this with a client that I've just moved to Kajabi as well is that you have to do, it's basically a custom subdomain uh, mm-hmm. or a domain redirect. And so oh, yeah. here's the thing, when you start mucking around with some of this stuff, it's gonna, you're, you're modifying your, your DNS records and your MX records. So you're modifying like your, all those scary That's things. That's why I don't wanna do any of it. That's why I'm just no. like, uh. And here's the thing, I will tell you, Amy Porterfield has had made how many buckets of millions? Yeah. Versus still under mykajabi.com. And you know what? I'm actually fine with that. Only yeah. I wish that I had kind of thought a little bit about the the part that you can change in the URL because I can't now. But it's a, it's fine. That is where my courses are going to be. It doesn't have to be easy, you know? Yeah. And there's always, listen, there's always a fix. I, I would say, you know, think about your end user. At the end of the day, 
is there one place on your website you can send somebody to log in? Because that's, it, it, I will tell you, 95% of support issues, or maybe even 99% are, I can't log in or I forgot my password. Yeah. That's 99% of the issues. You know, occasionally you'll get like, oh, this doesn't work in my browser and they're using some really old phone or something like that. <laughs> uh, so, and, and, and that's again why I advocate for simplicity. Don't do a lot of, and I love beautiful designs and, and I still play with textures and things like that. But when you're creating courses and things like that, go for simple because yep. more than 60% of people that depending on where you're located are frankly going to be on their phones. They're yeah. not going to see all those big, beautiful designs that I can see in my, my big iMac. They're going to see this little screen. And so what they want to make sure is the video plays, right? Mm -hmm. They can hear. Man, the you remember the days when that was like a whole thing and now oh. it's like easy pants. <laughs> I know kids today. They just don't know. Oh um, gosh. I just remember one of our launches with Laura and I was like, these videos oh. aren't playing. Oh. No, it's, 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 oh my goodness. Or God forbid Vimeo goes down. So, and that's the other thing you're relying on all these third party vendors. Right. And yeah. even Kajabi goes down, like everything goes down. Like, yeah. you know, are hosted on AWS. So AWS is Amazon Web Services, right? I think they might use that though. I mean, they might use CloudFront because I think sometimes that comes up like when I'm typing it in, it kind of auto-completes. Yeah, yeah. So most most of the web- Oh no, they use Wistia. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, but most of the web, like all of those services use AWS. All of those services use AWS. So if AWS goes down, which doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. And if you guys are, I mean, like AWS is Amazon S3, essentially, like you can go to Amazon. Oh, it's, it's more than that, actually. It's, it's oh, it is. Amazon That's Web what I use is just S3. No, it's S3, but basically that runs the world. That's okay. what all the servers that you think you're hosting are actually over at Amazon. Amazon is huge. And so all these, like, I don't know for certain, but like, I, I know like, like if Vimeo goes down, things like that, they're hosted on on this other platform. So they, they're not their own thing. They're hosting ones. It's like big fish, a little fish, big sea, right? So if one of those big guys goes out, which, you know, if you guys have heard of um, a denial of service attack, so hasn't happened bad in a while, but you know, when you're on Facebook and everyone's like, is the internet down for everybody? And, and it is. Oh no, the other day, in, the yeah. other day, um, Instagram fully went down mm -hmm. and then I checked down detector and it was down. Yeah. And, and everybody's like, what's going on? It's the world ending. What's going on? And honestly, <laughs> this is, this is another reason. Oh, I'm such a huge, um, you know, as you know, I'm re recording some tutorials right now. And you know, a lot of people are using Squarespace or whatever. The thing is, if you can't have a hard backup and by hard backup, I mean like physical backup in your space of like the content you've written, the, the photographs you're using. Like if you can't have a, a, a backup somewhere, there's no guarantee. I don't care what the service is. There's no guarantee that it's always going to be there. You mm -hmm. know? So I always say like, if it's something you want to keep, put it in multiple places. Yeah. I mean, that's a good thing with, with courses. If you're creating for the first time, I mean, I'm thinking now, like I do a lot of stuff in Google docs and yes, sure. I can, I do back it up to like there, I forget the way that we back it up, but we do, but I could easily, and I often will just print out yeah. transcripts of things. And so, so that at the very least, if I had to re-record, you know, that can be done. Oh yeah. I mean, you think about everything you've created just in the last five years and how you, and like, I know I've got things in Dropbox, Google Drive, Evernote, Pinterest, like all these things in all these places. I actually keep from one of my clients who I do pretty much everything for, I keep a master Google spreadsheet with links to all of her. I, I also store backups on Amazon S3 for her. Um, that's 
you know, where I, I rely on. So like I have a spreadsheet that links to all the things in Amazon S3 so that I know where everything is because it's just- Well, yeah, because, and, and that actually is, that's actually kind of furthering the point that you have here of simplifying. So, I mean, I really do think that for me, going to Kajabi made sense because it simplified a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and even think, you know, whatever your choice is, Thinkific, Teachable, whatever. Yeah. I like Kajabi. I like their support. I like the guys who run, you know, run mm -hmm. the company. And I've, I've never had, knock on wood, any problem getting help if I needed it. The help, I have to say, so I've been very reluctant to move to a third party. I've been a WordPress girl for 10 years now. And so... Um, but I definitely recognize, and I've recognized in the last couple of years that there there has to be kind of a simpler solution. And you know, I've I've played with some of the other ones. I don't love anything that doesn't give you access to your code. And so what I love about Kajabi, now you do have to pay a little bit more, but I'm able on a higher level plan, I can actually get into the code and yeah. I can modify it to meet my needs. And so, you know, some of the other closed systems, while they're great, you know, they may not meet your needs in the future. Right. So yeah. You know, and you I'm definitely not. want to make sure that that customizing, customization is possible. And, yeah. um, you know, related to the price of Kajabi, I just wanted to say, like, go to any event where someone you know uses it, like a Brendan Burchard, James Wedmore. There's tons of Amy Porterfield now. All these people have now likely will have relationships with Kajabi and will likely have some sort of um, deal. That's how I got Kajabi, was just at a James Wedmore event. And it was for a lower price, but for the kind of bigger package. Yeah, and, and honestly, even at a couple hundred bucks a month, if you're in this and you want to make actual money at this and you know you're going to make actual money at this like the amount of money you're going to spend trying to figure out some other system or some other platform or hire somebody to do it for you which frankly you may even need to do anyway even with kajabi if you're mm -hmm. not super techie which you know yeah yeah <laughs> the amount of stress you're going to remove and i say this as someone who can code her own membership site and has um i wanted to remove that stress because it's you're forever waiting for it's not just WordPress updates. It's, you know, there's browser updates. There's, you know, new platforms. There's new phones that come out, new devices. We don't know, you know, mm -hmm. part of me misses what it was like 10 or 15 years ago because you didn't have, you know, until five years ago, you didn't even design for mobile phones. You've made one design. That was it. Mm -hmm. And you made the design and then you coded it up and you were done. Well, now you're like, well, it doesn't work on the Galaxy Note or wait, there's something off here. And it's so hard. And it also frankly, I think makes web design kind of boring these days. Everybody has the same look and feel. It's like, hey, I got a big header and three boxes and I'm done. So I think a lot of, the, I, I honestly think a lot of the creativity has gone away. Oh gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> hey, I got a homepage with a big header. I got a big boxes. header and I got, I got my big image and I got me looking up. I got me. You don't with see my, me doing my hoedown arms. <laughs> I the hoedown. Oh, and God, everybody's got the same flipping photo of like them next to a window or whatever, you know, like, I'm a business person. You know? I didn't even put a header up because I was just like, so like, you so over it. I know. I'm just I, like, I'm not even going to not right now. That was, yeah. but that was a whole other <laughs> thing. But you know what I wanted to say? The reason why I like, like for super simple, like it, yeah. I, I, I like the power of WordPress. I like that. It feels like you're, you do have control of your content way more. You have it. It's yours. It's yeah. not like you uploaded it somewhere and who knows where it is. Yeah. But I also like that you kind of have a little bit of a tech team at Kajabi or wherever because mm -hmm. they're updating it. You're not having to worry about it. And there is a familiarity 
for your customers too. Mm -hmm. If they're buying other courses, you know, and they likely are it. Well, I know people in my world are definitely buying many courses. Yeah, and I could say the same for Teachable. I, yeah. I, what, what I like about Kajabi, maybe over some of the other ones, is is that extra customization. Because like Teachable, everything's like on that left hand side. And, and so is the Gipic, but I know, the, I know you can customize them because I've seen. I just haven't seen anybody else customize it. And I don't want to speak for not. Lewis, Lewis Howes and also Pat Flynn's have been way more customized. Yeah. The, the last time I looked at them, they weren't, and it, it's been a while for some of them. Um, yeah. you know, I always, I always, this is a little insider trick. I always buy programs to look under the hood because mm -hmm. I always want to see how somebody's putting something together. Yeah. So when I look at somebody's, I, I can just, you know, if one thing you can do is just view source. So depending on the browser. Oh, I'm always browser. doing that. I'm viewing and source like a mania. Like, <laughs> I'm always like, cause here's, here's another little pro tip. If, you look at somebody's website and you're like, I want to know who made this. And it's not in the footer often in the style sheet of the code. So if you view the source code and then you look for a file called .css, often if it's a custom theme, the designer will have put their name in there. I always do that. Mm -hmm. That's one of my, that's one of my um, things that I do because everything I code is custom. And so that's a good way of like sneak, sneak peek, finding <laughs> like who somebody's designer is. Um, but also to see how they built it, you know, was it WordPress? Was it, you know, Squarespace? Was it, you know, some yeah. other new platform that we don't know about yet. And, um, and it's also actually a good way just to find themes. I mean, for that was like the first, when I first learned about finding like, Oh, they're using this WordPress theme. I, I mean, that was really a long time ago, but I remember being really excited when I discovered that thinking, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm lurking. <laughs> I know you're looking under the hood, but, but you know, figuring out like, well, what are they using for, for their video player? What are they now? Something yeah. like Kajabi that's already all built in, but you know, there's so many different platforms. And if, if you like the experience on one thing, you know, mm -hmm. I always say keep track of the things that you really like about yeah. something, you know, and what don't you like, you know, are there color schemes you don't like? Are, do you not like maybe how something's presented? Cause people learn in so many different ways. You know, that's why we yeah. provide transcripts or videos or audio files. You know, I have a client who does extremely robust courses. I mean, we're talking, boy, probably 10 to 12 modules with 10 to 12 lessons in each module. So we're talking tons of stuff. And then on each one, we have videos, also written text. And then there's also a PDF of all the information. So people can get, I know, they're really they're amazing courses. They're really robust um, and super technical. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and they also have assessments. They also even have, and this is, maybe you have ideas about this, um, I think that the one, the golden goose that I'm kind of searching for, I have not found a platform that allows you to really do student assessments in a way that they can upload, say, uh, an essay that they've written and then get reporting back. That's, that's. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm trying to find that too. Um, what I, what my, um, this is totally just very wow. random, but my sister, um, she's, she's in, she's in school actually. And she's, she has two online courses this semester. And I actually had her, I've got to have her do a better screen share for me. Cause she kind of just pointed her phone at the screen, yeah. but I was like, Oh, you're going to have to show me that. How do you submit that homework? What are you doing over mm -hmm. there? Like if I had access to that, I would be all up in it. I she's looking to see. Blackboard. So I used to work in that world. So back when, back in the early two thousands, mm -hmm. we lived in the world of, um, uh, the software I developed was actually for colleges and universities. And so it might be through Blackboard, which is kind of what a lot. A lot I don't of know. It looked for, on the outside. It looks like, oh my gosh, there's definitely no designer. 
working on this. And then on the inside, <laughs> guess what? On the inside, it did actually have the same functionality looking as Thinkific and Teachable with the yeah. menu down the side and like you click on it and it opens up in the window. Click. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many LMS, so like learning management systems. So when you start getting into more actual like training, you know, there's things uh, like, oh, this is going down a road, but like SCORM, like all these things, all these, um, you know, protocols that need to be in place for people who are doing like legitimate assessments of information. Mm-hmm. There's certain compliance metrics and things that you have to abide by. In, in our online space, it's a little more loosey-goosey, but yeah. Hey, you're doing things for like HIPAA regulations or what, you know, you have so many other things. Oh, right. Well, I mean, I, there can definitely be some, I mean, I guess it could come up for people who are like doing things with, um, even like I, I've met, I've recently met some people who are doulas and midwives, people who are also selling, you know, um, what is it? Essential oils. Yeah. There, you know, there's like certain protocols, certain, like as far as like language and things that you can and can't say. And um, language, um, language compliance, um, you know, doing assessments and uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many layers and I think it's just, you know, I I forget um, what the metric is. The, the online education industry, I forget how many billions of dollars it is a year, but it's just, it's, it's just growing and growing and growing. Yeah. It's just, there's an expectation that like, oh, I can find a course for that, or I can find a program for that, like, or YouTube or, or whatever. There's so just- you think, so you don't think like, um, I had a conversation with someone just a few days, maybe like last week about certain people that we've seen move out of the space and into, mm-hmm. let's say software or a completely different industry. Products. Yeah. And yeah. so like they, their, their kind of musing was like, well, I wonder, does this mean like the it's like in the decline of that. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. I personally don't think it is. I I think, I think that's more on an individual basis than, than I think so. I think the years of like the super premium high end, like expensive courses, I don't know how much longer that can happen. Um, That said, I mean, I know folks who charge 10 grand for like six weeks with that, you know, like I think it's all in your market and who you're talking to. I think the other thing you have to think about is we're so U.S focused, we need to open our eyeballs because it's a global economy. And yeah. if you look at, you know, South America, Africa, like if you look at other continents, their mobile readiness is through the roof, right? Yeah. They may, you know, they may not have the, the, the penetration of, of internet and, 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 you know, laptops and big, but like everybody's got a mobile phone. Yeah. So that access to information, again, you know, it's a global thing. And so what can we do to support those folks globally? You know, is it having your information translated, you know, thinking about maybe, you know, if you, if you've done well in the American market, what can you do to maybe, you know, convert your stuff into Spanish, you know, or French or, you know, I, I know there's lots of people out there who are doing that because I mean, even I over the years have gotten those requests oh. or like offers to do something to the program for, you know, whatever. Yeah, Russian, in fact, German. One, one of my clients is is a, 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 a tremendous leader in, in DoTerra, and so her team is global. So we have we've actually created resources in Spanish, in Portuguese, in German, uh, in Czech, so so that people wow. can support it in the in their native language. And so I I, I think you have to think beyond your border. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I I mean, I I really see this for sure because a lot of people. Like I was surprised that so many non United States citizens were, were coming into even my programs. Mm-hmm. And that, that's definitely like increased over the years. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's about marketplace. It's about, it's about brand awareness and it's about exposure. So, you know, the other thing I would say is, you know, stop playing in the same sandbox. You know, we always tend to talk to the same people, go to the same events, follow the same people on Instagram. And so we're getting this idea of like, oh, well, online courses are over. Now I'm moving to like a physical product or. I guess we should make a planner. (laughs) Yeah. Oh oh my God. Yeah. Let me make a planner. Let me make a deck. But it doesn't also, just because people are making planners doesn't mean that it's saturated because people like, if you like planners like I do, you buy lots of planners, even if you don't need them. See, I have the handwriting of a five-year-old boy, so I can't, I don't even it has to go in Evernote. It's just not going to happen. So oh it's, my God. I can, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Evernote creators. I don't like you. I don't like Evernote. I can't oh man, handle I, it. I live in Evernote. I don't know anybody. And it's only because it's like, I forget the stuff there. It's like, I'm like Evernote and Dropbox and Google docs. Yeah. And like, there you go. You have two radically different this. people in how they operate. And that's why I never really worry about creating stuff that there I can't find a market for because there's always somebody who is going to find your stuff. There's already, there's always some crazy person who doesn't like Evernote (laughs) like this one here. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think, um, I think you do have to reinvent some things. And I think that's maybe, uh, attack to take. Well, if you've had something out there for a couple of years, it's not so much about creating something new. How can you take a fresh approach to it? You know, I always tell people, um, I like to blow things up every 18 to 24 months mm-hmm. because like, you know, what you're putting out there two years ago is not where you're at today. And it's maybe, you know, maybe you're getting more refined in your language. And it's funny, I was going through my old blog posts because I've been trying to renovate my site and I have some blog posts on there from like five years ago. I'm like, wow. Not that they sound immature, but I'm like, I'm much more thorough now. And I, I, I'm coming at it from a different place. I also know my audience a lot better now. And so now I'm like, well, some of these need to go away. They're maybe not serving my audience or I just refresh them and revise them, you know, mm-hmm. so which them. I think is a great idea. I'm always about, I mean, that's why, that's why I actually end up recording podcasts of old posts so that I have a reason to update the post. Okay. And then I just, re- I don't have dates in my permalink. Yeah. So I just repost it. <laughs> I yeah. actually republish it. No, I think that's really, I think that's really smart because it's, it's, you know, it's not that it's, bad or like think about recipes, right? We're not cooking with the same things we used to cook with 20 years ago, right? So we're going to revisit something. The the core of it, the base is good, but what can we do to refine it? I mean, I think about that with you and I both come from like a movement background, you know, yoga and dance and Pilates and how we moved 20 years ago, you know, think of Jane Fonda, like that high impact aerobics that we were doing in like 80s. Hey, I taught aerobics too. Oh yeah. I mean, I spin like all these things, like you know, we're, we're revisiting them now with maybe additional information and additional support. So we're not throwing everything away. We're just kind of taking a fresh eye, you know, fresh. Look yeah. I mean, I guess that's a, that's, I mean, going into creating a course, I feel like that's something that it is important to kind of tell ourselves and remind ourselves that that's going to happen. Yeah. It's not like a done, done, one and done. And then that's it. No. In fact, I always tell people your first one, people like to use the word beta or whatever. And, and, um, I don't like my folks to be guinea pigs necessarily. I think a lot of times I, I don't love the creating course on the fly that, that I know a lot of people advocate for that. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not a huge fan of that. I think, you well, should, I just think it's too stressful. It, 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 is stressful. <laughs> it is stressful. And I don't know if it's necessarily the best way to do things. I think you've got to find what works best for you. Now that said, I do have some, some clients who will do say live calls or live trainings, but they've prepped for it. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and they've been doing 20 years of prep, you know, so that's yeah. where I sometimes really struggle when I, when I see all this, like, just do a webinar and launch it live. And, you know, you'll make your course on the fly. And I'm like, there's so many, as you know, like when we're, you know, working on a big project and, and there's so many moving parts and, and especially if you're doing something that's training people how to do something, yeah. so many can change or you may not be aware of how things may change. So I just, um, I'm not saying don't, you know, don't do it on the fly, but I think as much as you can prepare, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I did a beta, but I didn't look at it like I was test, like guinea, like treating people like guinea pigs necessarily. And I had a really well fleshed out outline and did teach it live. I've actually never recorded videos for it. I just did it live the, for, for both sessions that we've done at that. And it was a good experience, but like, I do remember the very first fearless launching. I was like a couple weeks ahead. Yeah. 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 No, that was it. A little bit ahead. But that was still stressful. That was still stressful. Well, here's the other thing. You don't know what might happen, right? Mm -hmm. So say you're like, I'm just going to do it, do it live on the fly. Well, you know, you could be traveling and not have internet. You could have, and I've had this happen to clients. Well, we could go really dark here. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> and frankly, that's happened too. You know, yeah. my husband was in the hospital for a few weeks last year. Yeah, like you can't, you can't, you can't predict that stuff. stuff. So, yeah. and plus, I think now, I don't think it's as, I personally don't find it as acceptable. Like I Mm. prefer that to know that the course is pretty much there. And if you're creating some bonuses that I'm getting later, that's fine. But if that core core stuff is there, then I'm happy. And I think you have to think about what are your customers going to be happy with. Now, now what I do love, I do love the live component though. So I think Mm -hmm. that if you're teaching live and you're, you're, I mean, listen, I still will always prefer a live class experience to one that's recorded because I feel like I, I'm part of that energy. I'm part of that, you know, yeah. I, I can talk to somebody. So, but I can tell when somebody hasn't prepped, you know, when they're just winging it, you know? So it's, yeah. but, but having that kind of community, um, like I, like I did the SEO class with my friend last month and it was great because, you know, we had like a hundred people on the call and we were just, we had totally prepped and run through stuff, yeah. but then we were actually doing the training live and, and riffing off of each other. So it's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that totally, I, I love that. So, so then I want to ask, cause you, you kind of mentioned something, I swear, like, you know, us getting on the phone here is probably very dangerous. Yeah. We could riff for hours. Yeah. So let's talk just a little bit about updating course content a little bit more in that, like how often do you think people should, I mean, update their content realistically? Um, because as you know, we're on a project where we, we review the whole thing every single year. Yeah. yeah. And, and here's, here's the problem with doing like technical trainings, which is where I, you know, play most of the time is that um, things change all the time. Right. So you could create something and it could be out of date within six months. And then it reflects poorly. Like I've taken a few technical courses and, you know, they're advocating certain things. And then all of a sudden, you know, for example, like um, board booster in Pinterest was yeah. no, no longer deemed or like Pinterest doesn't allow it anymore. And so that was being taught in a couple of courses. Well, now then, board booster's gone, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's what was getting promoted. And they're like, Oh, well this hasn't been updated, but they're still selling the course. Oh my gosh. Wait a minute. Are you 
telling me that that course, I know one course where that's what she used. Is she still using Board Booster? As uh, no, her so, no, no. So the things have been updated, but. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah but no, and I'm, I'm not calling anybody. I don't want to call. No, anybody. I'm glad that, she, that it was updated. But the sad thing but, is, oh man. I'm yeah, just, but no, no, no. I mean, I'm not calling anybody out because this stuff happens all the time. Like WordPress, we just had that giant change with Gutenberg where it just kind yeah. of everything up. It's a completely different experience now. So anybody who was training anybody on WordPress stuff has to completely redo all the interface work and actually how it operates because it's a completely different system and you're going to be training people the wrong way. Yeah. So what I would say is, you know, if you're releasing something at least every year, but if there's a huge change to, you know, maybe a protocol like tech or a, like a tech thing, or let's, let's say you're training on an essential oil or something and then there's a new, and then maybe there's a new contraindication that comes out. So it, it could actually be dangerous for someone to use something if, you know, if they don't know. Right. For so sure, for sure. I, I, think, I think you have to be a mindful of your content. And this is also an issue with like, say evergreen courses, it, unless you're doing something that is completely timeless and doesn't have, um, this is also why I like audio courses, to be honest with you, <laughs> because you have a lot less a infrastructure and but a lot less that you would have to update and change. So, uh, and people love yes. audio, by the way. So don't, I don't, feel, don't feel like you have to look at the podcast boom. Like don't feel yeah, like, I mean, you're absolutely right. Because when you have video, it's like at some point it's like, mm, you gotta redo this now. You don't have I, to I prefer to read. I actually do not like videos myself. Mm -hmm. I prefer to read because I'm a very fast reader. I want to read and implement with mm -hmm. screenshots. I'll use videos like once in a while if I need, if I need to really see something, but I'm like, I just want to move fast. So keep that in mind with your audience too. Like you don't have to do what quote unquote everybody else is doing with the face videos and everything else. Like yeah. they just want the content and they want to hear it from you. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, I'm actually in a, this coaching group and the way that the content was created and recorded, it's actually really unique and I loved it. Um, she, it's kind of drawn. It's oh, kind yeah. of like, so Fun. I just, I just love it. And it's like really fresh and it really yeah. like, it's like, Oh, okay. So it, it kind of, you know, you, you, and you do actually want to look at it cause it's, it feels very interactive even yeah. though they're recorded. Well, listen, haven't we all done this where we're like watching something on our laptop, but then we're checking our emails and we're looking all at our time. phone, right? So, so how can you get in their ear in a different way? So they're not mm -hmm. like, I honestly think that's the biggest issue more than anything else is dealing with people's distraction. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm going to say too, for anybody listening, there has been, I, I can't even count the number of times that I've gotten on the calls with people. And because of this podcast, their reaction is just like, this is so weird. You're, or like I meet them in person. This is so weird. You're like in my ear, but in front of me. So obviously <laughs> they... I'm sorry. I'm like breathing heavy into the microphone here. I swear to not do that to you in person. But I, I mean, obviously there's a power to that too. And I think that there's, here's the other thing too. And I think um, James Wedmer may have mentioned this on one of his podcasts that there's something different about having you in your ear. Cause you're like, it's right in there. There's a longer listen time, a longer retention time as far as attention goes to that audio. So make sure at least to have audio available. Oh yeah. And, and it's funny. I'm, I'm actually right in the midst of launching a podcast for my premier client like next week, which I'm super excited about. And, um, and uh, we've been edit. my husband's been helping me edit the audio, which has been fun. And 
it's God, it's so transformative because you're just, you're drawn into this world. It's, I kind of think about like when my mom or my dad used to read to me when I was a little kid and you just go into this kind of imaginary world. And, you know, I think about all the times that I am walking the dog or I'm like, you know, cooking dinner or whatever. And I put on podcasts, you know, it becomes this kind of background to your life. And I do think that is an area that you might consider. Um, I also think on-demand training, like I'm all, I'm all about the nugget, right? You know, when I write a newsletter or when I write or do anything, I'm like, what is that one nugget uh, I can give somebody that's going to help them? And so I'm nugget driven. <laughs> and so it's... <laughs> That oh my be- gosh, that's nugget, a tweetable. <laughs> nugget driven, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have to share my guac metric with you too. So, but 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 nugget driven because it's you know we can only absorb so much info. I mean, when I was really studying yoga, like I would go to these three hour workshops, and I'm like, God, if I can just remember one thing about how to do this back then, I'll be I'll be great. Because you just take in so much information, but it's that that one little you know thing that you can remember that you can repeat and implement you know, and practice on. And so think about that too, when you're creating your content, it's what are these shorter nuggets that you can give people? You don't have to give them the kitchen sink. And I think that's another first time course mistake is it's funny. I'm helping somebody right now who has a a great course, great presence, but he's ready to ramp things up. So we're, you know, he's investing, we're rebranding everything. And, and, uh, and I'm like, your course is way too cheap for all that you Cause he saw the sales page and he's like, I feel like I should raise the price now after he saw the sales page redesign. And, and I'm like, like okay, I, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, honestly, like, cause I'd, I'd redesign the sales page and he's like, oh, he's like, this just, he's like, but, but if I raise the price, I've got to add more. And I'm like, why do you think that? Like people are getting results. They're getting, you know, they're getting traction. You're revamping look and feel like, I mean, sure, add a bonus if you want, but there's always this feeling of like, oh, if I raise the price, I have to charge more or I have to, if I, I, have, I have to do more, I have to I do, have to do more. more, I have to add more. Frankly, if you remove stuff for people, that actually makes it more easy for them to implement. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you yeah. think about you're giving somebody, and I'm so guilty of this, I've done these like four week challenges or things, and I'm like, oh, but I want you to do all these things. And it just, you know, I always see this, this spike when we do courses. At first week, everyone's super excited, super pumped. Second week, still excited, starts to get a little like, uh, third, fourth week, forget about it because life's happened and now I can't focus on it and like, oh, it'll just get shoved into the, the background again, which is why people don't complete courses. So and it's also, again, like why having nuggets in, uh, and nuggets also kind of insinuate shorter. Shorter and easy content, you know? Like what, is, what is an easy win you can give somebody? You know, it's like, okay. You want to build it. Okay. The first thing I want just today, register your domain. I don't want you to do anything else. You know, yeah. what is that one thing? And you, you can feel I made the bed today. You know, what is yeah, that? I made the bed today. I did that. Yeah. I did actually, not make the bed. So, um, <laughs> actually, and I've been really good in the past couple of weeks. What's wrong with me? No, I was going to tell you, um, there was a woman on here, um, like actually a couple of years ago at this point, her name's Karen Sargent. I don't know if you know who she is, but she, yeah. she actually used to, um, teach people in the government. That's what I'll say. I'm not going to go into it. But <laughs> before they went overseas to high risk areas. Gotcha. Yeah. And the main thing that kind of like, and, and this is really about the nugget is yeah. she always wanted to make sure she's like, what are they going to remember when their yeah. life is on the line? What oh, are they going to, re- I mean, like, that's it. Yeah. You know, like, what are you going to remember? Like, and I think we can all think of these mini lessons that we've learned from people. 
Well, it's like when you think about, um, uh, you know, it's funny, I was just thinking about um, CPR, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, um, a friend was talking about how she used to be CPR certified. And I'm like, I know things have changed. And I'm like, wait, aren't you supposed to do it to like staying alive? Like we remember these little snippets oh of information. <laughs> you're like, staying alive, staying, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, how can you come up with a tool or a mechanism that someone, again, can use to good, good Lord, save their life or, or like what, you know, something they can implement, you know, um, their phrases they're saying. So it's all about frankly redaction, right? It's like reduction and redaction. It's like, what can I take away? Um, who is it? Was it? So that stands out more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a Coco Chanel who was just like, every time I leave the house, I look in the mirror one last time and I take off one thing. The first thing that like draws my eye because people, you know, layering objects or what what have you. Right. That's Um, right. That's right. And it's just like, what can I remove, but still have the essence of what I'm teaching? Yeah. Because again, there, you can continue to, and I think this is another thing that people don't think about is like when you're creating these lifelong customer journeys, right? Often we're like, oh, I've got my big course and I'm going to make all this. And, and I also don't like this about the end. There's a lot I don't like about the industry, but I really hate the emphasis on like build a seven or eight figure business on, on evergreen, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what about these people? Like, you're all you're talking about is the money. You're not talking about how you're supporting them and how you're teaching them something, how you're going to support them in the future. I mean, I think about everyone who comes on my list or buys one of my things or, or works with me in some way, like they're supporting me. How can I support them? And, you know, I work with people for a long time. Like my main, one of my main clients has been with me nine years. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say that too, that I, and some of the people that are still with me, I've been there since the beginning, you mm-hmm. know? So I, you know, I go back and forth about Evergreen because I like that. And I like that I don't have to actually deliver the program anymore, I but that. I always need like some, some sort of touch because I'm, I'm definitely like all about the connection. If I don't have connection with people, I like, <laughs> I was just telling somebody this, I assume the worst, like I want to oh, know, sure. I want that feedback yeah. you know, that everything's all good. And, um, Well, you know, I think it's actually really important you talk about feedback because a lot of times people don't want to hear it. You know, it's funny. I had somebody criticize and was, and and I'm, I've got a pretty thick skin because I've been a designer for a long, long time. So I'm kind of used to people like, ah, I don't like that or whatever. And um, somebody criticized one of my training modules and just said it was dry. And, and I was just like, (laughs) and it's, it's crazy because if you know me, then that's all you think about. You're like, I'm not going to be dry. That, that is the one word I frankly have never been called before. I mean, I've been called certainly other things, um, but, <laughs> but nothing like that. We're not going to go into that, but, um, but I've never been called like dry and whatever. And I'm like, I try to make things. And so, you know, part of my brand I feel is that it's fun and accessible and to be called dry and inaccessible. Which I think she also used, um, Oh and and I know, well, no, it's fine. It's, and I, you know, show me where she is. I know, I know. Is. Mama's, mama bears coming out. I know. And it's, I know my, my husband's always like, Oh, what does she know? And I know. So you got to have these like vent- ventable moments. Right. Um, but I actually, I actually wrote her and I said, well, what did you, I'm like, let me peel off the bandaid. And I'm like, well, what did you find dry and inaccessible? And, you know, come to find out she's another designer. Right. So mm-hmm. she's, that particular training, she already knew most of the stuff. So okay. she's going to come at it with a different lens. Than so of course it's going to be dry to her. Yeah. To her. No, or I mean, she, yeah. Or she's like, I learn better in a different way. And I'm like, and part of me is like, I've had hundreds of people tell me they love it. But I'm like, and, and then she's like, she's like, well, I have to remember that real people make these trains. Like she just posted in a Facebook group about it. And I was like, it's hard when you see that, um, 
that kind of person publicly too. Yeah, publicly. And, and then, and you feel like you have to respond, but you have to respond in a professional way that doesn't make you seem like, you know, because I've had You're people being respond. inaccessible or dry. <laughs> or dry. I'm like, geez, that's like a fate worse than death. I don't, I want to be fun and like, I'm not the fun person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like the whole feedback thing is definitely um, one of those things that we don't think about when we're creating, like we, of course we think about like, oh, people are going to like this. People are going to buy yeah. this. But when it actually happens, like really preparing yourself for it. I mean, there have definitely been people who, and now guess what? Because of their comment, I've actually made that part of like my, my differentiator. Like there was a, I I mean, I'm so sorry if like this woman is listening, I have no ill feelings toward her and I would never, I don't even remember her name at this point. Your her her picture's not small at all. I promise you. Yeah. (laughs) But she did say like something about like, she's like, well, I need a checklist. Like, and I was just like, okay. So if you're like thinking to myself, I'm like, well, guess what? your business doesn't have a checklist every single day. And, you know, like, so there is a checklist, by the way, in fearless launching. There is, there are many checklists. I know, I I know you. However, spreadsheet, there's probably a, yeah. But literally it, like it, it, she actually, like, because I had actually, here's, here's where that connection bit me in the butt. I actually had spent a little bit of time with her before the started I like answered her on voice memo a few times and I actually was like well okay we're connecting and the fact that she and then she asked for the refund after she gave me feedback and asked for after the refund period and I was just like you know what I can't but I'll stop the payments you know at Mm. this point like that was a really tough kind of thing to hear like because you're like well I want it to be useful and this person doesn't think it's useful and then you know uh there were a few other kind of things that really told me what her character was. So, you know, you know, it's, you fight this battle and and especially in this world, I think of people just want to be spoon fed a little bit. Um, And I, I struggle with this a little bit. And again, I'm a a little bit, um, I'm, you know, I'm not 20. And so there was a time when we had to use card catalogs and do research. And again, I'm sounding like I had to go up the mountain both ways in the snow. But I, 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 this is one of my biggest complaints though, because I've, I've struggled to find quality like assistance and things like that because people are like, oh, the first answer in Google is like the right one. I'm like, no, usually it's not. Usually that's a sponsored link. And it's, it's you're giving, I always try to think about like, I want to create tools so that people can create their own things. It's not about just doing this, replicate this, and you're going to have exactly my business or my plan or whatever else. Exactly. This is the starting point, you know, and I yeah. think a lot of people are like, and I, I get that a lot of times when people are like, oh, can you make me a site exactly like you did for this other person? And I absolutely refuse. I'm like, no, everything's custom and everything is for the individual. I'm not going to, and I'm not going to copy what I've, what someone else has paid for. And so, but people yeah. want to buy into that of like, if I buy this, then I'll have this result. Yeah. That really scares me so much. It scares yeah. me so much. I mean, honestly, I actually prefer programs like B School and of course Fearless Launching. I'm not like trying to say that. but <laughs> I prefer <laughs> I prefer being part of courses that are teaching me fundamentals. Yeah. That that don't kind of require me to kind of be like, okay, I you know, like I understand the need to like say I want to do web, you know, improve my webinars. I'm taking webinars yeah you know, that convert or whatever, but I don't like being stuck with those specific strategies because 
I may not actually want to do them at some point. So I always, I always start with a foundation. Exactly. It doesn't fit maybe your ethics or your agenda. You know, I, I, uh, I've been taking this dance class for the last like six <laughs> months. which has been amazing. And what I love about it is, yes, there's choreography, but they encourage us to freestyle. You know, it's like, really oh, to be a fly on the wall. I've got videos. I've got videos. It's great. How come you haven't been posting them? Did um, you post them ever? I have a completely separate hidden Instagram account. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> By the way, I actually actually just thought you said kitten Instagram. <laughs> oh, no, no, not kitten. No, what, what is it? I'm what like, what? Today? There's a hidden. Finstagram. You know yeah. Finstagram, right? Oh, yeah. Finstagram. <laughs> Yes. That's what it's going to have to be. So um, I yeah, only know that because of a TV show. Stuff. Yeah, I, I just you know um, <laughs> I'm trying. To <laughs> I know I'm in my 40s and I still have parents. Um, I'm like Instagram. Instagram, I know. So, uh, <laughs> but with that said, you know, give somebody some tools and some foundational things, and then let them just play with it. Like I want to see people be creative, and I think so many times people are like. I, and this is where I, get, I can go on rants forever about design. It's just like everyone uses the same damn photo stock lay of the, the, the white desk with the gold paper clip and the like, you know, all those elements. But and, if you and, really love those, I, I love it. If you love them, that's fine. But like, I, I just want to encourage people to like, I want to see, I want to see the reality. I want to see, you know, what you're working on, what you're creating. I want to see the messy bits, you know? And that's why I love sharing like behind the scenes, like, you know, what does it take to really get to that end product? By know? the way, Michelle has a really trendy brick wall behind her. So uh, it's called a hundred year old house is what that is. So. I love it. I actually, I love it. I keep staring at it going, I wish I could have fake, even if it was fake behind me, a brick no, wall. No, no, no. Actually, you know, it, it's funny. Like, uh, um, it's beautiful though. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, uh, benefits of working at home with the, the dog and his little, in his little quarter. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I just want to encourage people to be creative and build their own thing and, and you know, not necessarily prescribe to somebody's out, somebody else's methodology or formula or, you know, or feel like you need to, you know, this whole thing of like, you know, I think we've gone beyond six figures now and everyone's like, oh, you're not successful unless you had a seven figure business and, you know, you've, yeah. you've, you know, you had your breakdown yet or whatever else. So, you know, we're in it for the long haul. It's yeah. how can we nurture relationships? How can we support our customers and our clients. I mean, most of my clients, frankly, I'll stay at their house you know, yeah. at this point. It's just, you become family and it's like, what can we do together to make something incredible? Yeah, I agree. And I'm all about that. I'm all about just doing, you know, taking what you learn and being able to turn it into something of your own and not, not worry so much like, well, this is, I want to do something exactly like this person or that person and use that exact strategy because it's not going to come off well, believe me. I've never seen it work well when someone just kind of tries to model. Yeah. Did it exactly like the I think person that they learn. were. I think, I want, you know, one other kind of trip, trip tip, um, <laughs> tricky tip for, for folks when they're <laughs> launching. I, I think Sorry. I know it's been, it's been, a, it's been a day, right? Uh, <laughs> I've been recording all day. I'm a little punchy. Um, but, uh, document things, you know, when you launch, uh, every time you launch, there's going to be all the infinite little details. And yeah. so I usually keep like a running thing. You know, if I'm an affiliate for something, I, you know, the whole, I call it the launch roller coaster, right? So if someone's doing like a, a traditional, you know, PLF style launch or what have you, um, there's that roller coaster of like, how many leads do you have? How many people have opted in? How many people are actually buying the product? And it's just like, you go through these waves. I'm like, am I doing everything wrong? And, 
And, and I've had clients do big launches who like second guess themselves, like halfway through the launch. Like I had a client, God bless. He, we were launching a big, big program and we had, you know, it was a big team. It was like a team of 10 or 12 folks and had people like doing Facebook ads and all these things. And it, you know, it takes time to get data for that stuff. It does run it for two days and just assume you're going to have all the data. So, you know, it takes at least a couple of weeks to get some, you know, really, especially if you're doing something really huge and he pulled stuff like three days in and fired people. And like, of course it made for a completely messy launch because then bringing in somebody else who isn't up to date. So, you know, don't necessarily second guess yourself, but document, yep. you know, remember like, Oh yeah, you know, this time last year. Yep. This is about right. With the same amount of opt-ins. This is about, I'm on track. Like it'll just mentally also prepare you. And there's little thing, things that you may forget. Like one of my little ninja tricks is whenever you're launching a new program, change your Facebook header. It's such a simple little thing to do. So your page yeah. or your and in that Facebook, in the, so when you change that graphic, you get that little bit of description that you can add a link in. And I will tell you, for some of my bigger clients, that's been a tremendous lead source because people see that Facebook cover change in their feed. Oh, right. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, what is this? And they click on it and then they can get that little description with link. So I there's little, little things like that that takes two minutes, mm -hmm. you know, and it's free. So there's little things like that that you may forget. So document stuff like that, even Evernote or, you know, in your journal, <laughs> wherever yeah, you do. I mean, and, and by the same token too, as you're going through your course and you're, if you're delivering it live, make note of what people are doing or not doing or responding. Are they showing up to your, you know, your live calls? Are they joining the group? Are they not interacting with something? I mean, even, even without like, you know, Kajabi analytics or whatever exactly. telling you when people are watching stuff. I mean, it's a website. You can get the analytics. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that brings up a valuable point too of like, if some people are responding and they're asking questions, that's an opportunity for another product or program. For sure. You know, like, you know, some of the things I've come up with like came out of those conversations because we make yep. assumptions, but when we see people, it's, oh, you're so, I've been teaching my husband Photoshop the last like few weeks. And is she, and he, is he asking questions and you're like, Oh, it's okay, so that's a good question. interesting because like, you know, he's very good with like audio stuff and I've been using Photoshop for like 20 years. So like I can use it in my sleep and, but he wants to learn it because he's making his own Instagram graphics. It's, it's really cool. He's actually got a very good eye. So um, I'm excited for his Instagram to come out. So, um, but he's learning like different techniques and it's, he's very linear. He has a PhD in physics. So he's very like mathematical and like, I'm, you know, an art history major. So, you know, I'm off in the corner and <laughs> to watch him learn Photoshop and everything has to be like a linear process. And, and meanwhile, I'd, I'd have 20 layers or whatever and, and be, be doing like different things. He's like, no, no, no. Walk me step by step. Show. He's like, well, why would you do this? And, and I'm like, having, it's kind of, I don't have a kid, but like, I can imagine when you have to explain to a kid, well, why is the sky blue? And like, why, but why, but why? <laughs> and oh my goodness. watching somebody else use your material or, or trying to train somebody else, trying to teach, honestly, is the most educational thing you can do. Um, I taught an advanced web design class a few years ago and I was like, yeah, this will be no problem. And then honestly coming up with the curriculum and then delivering it three hours, twice a week, Ooh, that will teach you something. That's that was something. Really so if you guys can, I, I can encourage you, if you can work with people actually in person, 
Yeah, you actually just gave me a really good idea because my sister is going to be helping me with some projects. Mm. And I'm like, maybe I should try to teach her fearless launching in person to kind of see, you know, where someone, I mean, she's definitely interested in the world, this world. um, But that that is actually really interesting. Um, I mean, because I was just thinking too, like in terms of like that back and forth, the questions, you can really tell learning styles. Um, And, you know, I know for, for, for me and for us, um, I mean, we go through, I mean, I don't want to, we don't have to share all the dirty details, but like, this is one thing that I do. And now I do on my own courses. I go through all the comments in the Facebook group, like for that round or underneath the, um, videos. If there are, usually I don't put comments in Kajabi because the notification just never gets to me or something that they're even there. So I forget to go check, but in other courses, like, Go in there, like we will full on, oh, wow, that that topic was talked about a lot. We better change that in the training, you know, and that's an easy way. So even if you're not like in the moment paying attention to how people are responding to things, questions they're asking, you can still review all that later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and that's, especially if you're teaching something technical that's of the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, God forbid if you're teaching Facebook ads, God bless you, because that that stuff changes like every day. But yeah. Then you're in there in the trenches and you're, you're really learning, like, what are people trying to do? Because again, we can assume like, if I teach somebody how to build a website, like, I know you're going to need some basic pages, but I don't know what else they're going to try to do. They may want to create some really cool interactive thing and and I'd have to think about how to do that. And so, you know, that's where you get just kind of an eye opening experience of like, oh, this is what they want to do and what they need. Well, okay. I can help them with that. Yeah. Really yeah, important. I mean, we could definitely keep talking about this. We may have to start like a, a separate podcast about this whole. Uh, I know, I could, you know, I could talk for forever. You know, it's like because, it's fun for me. Yeah. Because you know what? Actually, we could do, is, and I'm just, you know, who knows if we'll actually do this, but we could actually be looking at different courses and kind of talking about what we're seeing and why we Ooh, like things. Oh my gosh, that would be kind of fun. I know. Okay. Well, I'm you sure. heard it here first. If it happens, yeah, you'll know where it happens. I'm sure. <laughs> What'd you say? What? We'll get on somebody's hit list for sure. So. Yeah. I mean, but I actually love checking out courses and, and I don't think I've actually had necessarily a bad course experience. There were things that I was like, oh, I'd do this differently, but I'm like, oh, that's, I'm I usually, one you know, really that's interesting. Course experience. I had one <laughs> where I spent $2,000. So the girl's not around anymore. I spent two, and this is, this is the year after I'd taken B-School. So I'd had such a great experience in B-School. And oh, then that's tough. All the other girls, a designer, this would be great. This is, and this probably is where I had this hesitation about doing stuff on the fly. She didn't actually finish creating the course. And I had no, no recourse to get my money. So she barely put in like one module and then never came back into it. And it was just like, and she freely admitted later. She's like, oh yeah, so I totally. stop recording. You're going to need to tell me all about who this oh, <laughs> I don't, I, I know I won't put but do not mention, <laughs> yeah, but, it's, but, but that's part of the reason why I'm very hesitant to recommend doing stuff on the fly because like not everybody shows up in the same way. Yeah. And you know, that just makes, you know, you got to think about this marketplace is for everybody and you know, $2,000 is a lot of money. I'm sorry. I, I mean, honestly, even a $500 course is a lot for most people. I know yes. some people who wouldn't even spend a hundred on a course. Oh yeah. You know, so oh, you have yeah. to really think about who you're anyways, who 
who you're talking to. I mean, we can go sure. That's a whole other Like, thing. I mean, for real. So dot, dot, dot. <laughs> That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. to be continued. <laughs> so if you guys want us to talk more about courses, online courses, how, how they're developed and, you know, any new, anything you heard today, if you want to hear more of it from us, let me know. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. I so appreciate it. And of course, you can listen again or read the show notes more fully. Anything that we mentioned will be over at ansamoilovecom forward slash 213. And one more thing I wanted to let you know. I'm coming back next week. I'll see you next week. Have a great one. And I will talk to you soon.